Amen. All right, let's get our Bibles out, and please turn with me to John chapter number 9. Tonight is going to be a message concerning work, concerning work, and uh, we're going to learn more about that when it comes time to different types of work in the Bible. One work that you are not allowed to uh, offer God is any kind of work for your own salvation. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that all that work's been done? And you couldn't do that kind of work if you wanted to. A lot of people try. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, they've been, they're laboring under the delusion that they're going to help God save themselves. Uh, the, the best thing that we could do is just have to fall down at the mercy of God and trust Jesus as our Savior. And that gives Him all the glory and honor for all the work that He did do. For people that work, try to work their way to heaven, it, it diminishes what Jesus did on the cross. And it's really an insult to try to think in our minds that, well, Jesus, is he did a good thing, but I'm going to really finish the job. No, you're not. Um, you know, when I, when I witness to people and tell them about the Lord, sometimes uh, <clears throat> I ask them, uh, remember a long time ago when uh, Superman uh, <clears throat> fella, I uh, can't remember his name, but he uh, got into an accident and he became a quadriplegic and he was in a... Yes, he was a real famous guy, and uh, of course he's, he's gone now, he died, but um, for a while there he was in a wheelchair, he couldn't do anything, and so I used to use him as an illustration, I said, you know, uh, what could, what could uh, this man do that used to play Superman, what could he do now, uh, if he wanted to go to heaven, what could he do to get there, and the answer is nothing, except he could still talk. He could cry out. And it really affected a lot of people in a good way. That's how you get saved. You, you trust that the work's already been done. Tonight, though, um, <clears throat> there are other works that we can accomplish. And Jesus speaks of these other kinds of works that are very precious. By the way, uh, I'm old school. I love to work. I love hard work. How many love hard work? Does anybody know what a blister is? That's that... That's that guy that comes after the work's done. <laughs> hey, you need any help? Man, you're just like a blister. You show up when the work's done. Uh, but no, uh, how, how many have ever gotten a few blisters? It's a, good, it's a good sign. It's a good thing. It really is. If you've ever worked a job where you didn't have to do physical labor, that's fine. That's fine. But uh, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing better for a human being. Uh, to get out and sweat a little bit and work and expend some energy and, uh, you know, wipe the sweat off your brow and grab an iced tea, you know, take a break and get right back at it. Uh, when the, when the uh, COVID thing, the pandemic started, um, we looked at this hose bib. And you know what a hose bib on your backyard, it's the pipe that comes up. Well, it was, it, it didn't work. And I, I, when we first moved in of the 20 almost 20 years ago, I dug down and I capped off the uh, hose bib because we didn't need it anymore and we put up a fence and stuff. Well, I forgot where it was. So uh, there was no more hose bib sticking out of the ground. I lost it. I, it was just terrible. So what do I do? I think I know where it was. I grabbed my shovel. I started digging down. I dug down about three and a half feet and I didn't know it. Uh, but I missed the pipe that I was looking for by about six inches. It was tucked back underneath the thing. So 
Naturally, I thought, well, maybe it's over here. And I dug another ditch over there. And I thought, well, that's not it. So I said, well, I'll go all the way from the, from the sidewalk all the way to the garage. And I'll put, dig. It's got to be in there somewhere. Not a lick of pipe. Three and a half feet down, I couldn't find nothing. So I got all this dirt all over the yard. And, man, my back is just, oh, I'll tell you. But it was good. It was really good. And I thought, I don't care. I'm going to find that thing. So I dug another trench to the 90 degree to that in our backyard. Did I find it? No, I didn't find it. So then I said, well, I think it was over this way a little bit. And it's, you know, I ran into some stuff in the ground. I didn't even know it was there. Then I called the water department in Linden. He came out and he showed me this trick where you take these pieces of wire, uh, you hold them in your hand and they, they got a little 90 degree handle and they stick out like this. It works. And you hold them like this and the wires go like that, right? And so as you're walking down, uh, you walk real slow. And I don't know the magnetic pull or something works if there's a pipe under there. There's an anomaly under the ground. Sure enough, the these, these wires went like this, like that. I dug down, found a pipe. And did it have water in it? No. I got so frustrated. So I thought, where is this thing? I know we got water in the backyard somewhere. You should have seen our yard. It's got pathways all over it. And my wife has so much patience with me. But it's down there somewhere. Let's go. I went back to the first hole I dug. I took a three-foot big square out, and I looked like a, you know, a mole down there. I finally found it. Praise God. And that was a lot of work. But it didn't bother me because I just kind of like it, you know. Um, you know, I would be good if I ever got in trouble, had to go to prison hard labor. It wouldn't bother me a bit. <laughs> I've, I've already been there. <laughs> I'd be a foreman. But anyway, my dad showed me how to use a shovel and a, a, a sledgehammer and a, a hammer and, a, and a, a pick. And he just, he just showed me all the tricks of the trade. I appreciate what dad showed me how to work. It doesn't scare me. And there's other kinds of work, too. Uh, he built a patio in the backyard of bricks, which actually I did. But when he was telling everybody, he built it. But I built it under his direction. <laughs> we planted a yard in the backyard, but I did it. And when everybody came out, he got the credit. Amen. But that's okay. Amen. We're working for the Lord. We're doing things for God. It, does, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. But what's really fun is just the thought that there's, there's some old school people left in America that are good, solid, hard-working people. And I think Ecclesiastes tells us all about, uh, there's, there's nothing better for a man uh, than, than he would just labor and enjoy the fruits of his labor. You know what? These people that are getting free money in America, they don't appreciate it as much as if they had to work for it. I'll tell you, we, we need to get back to it. Uh, so let's look now, and I believe Jesus is talking here in chapter number 9 about uh, some different kinds of work. We're going to take a look at the scriptures tonight and see. I just want to encourage you, uh, work hard, do, do, 
do, do what you do. Do your job well. You ought to be the best worker down where you work. You ought to be striving to be the very best, the very, the very strongest on time. Uh, sacrifice. Do whatever you can. Uh, be the best worker that you could possibly be. And you be sure to, that you understand the Bible shows us that you will be rewarded. God, God pays attention to that. He loves hard workers and he loves what you do. By the way, your vocation, you have, you have a job that you do. You're supposed to do it well. You're supposed to shine and do it very well and be the best at your job that you can possibly be. Uh, you don't want to be overly competitive, but just want to be good, right? Just want to do a great job. Look at this now. Jesus came, and I believe he was a worker. I believe he loved work. He was a carpenter's son as far as his uh, growing up. Jesus was not lazy. Jesus did a lot of work. Is not this the carpenter's son, they said. Let's look at chapter number 9. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works, the works of God, the works of God should be made manifest in him. Notice Jesus came to work. Spiritual work. I'm talking church work, synagogue work. Jesus came to work for his father. He was not lazy. He didn't just go around and, and wave his hand and have miracles at the fingertips. He went and he went down into the, la the uh, leper colonies. He, he was so weary one time, he, he took his disciples and said, we've got to get apart. We're, we're weary. Uh, we're tired. We're worn out. Some of the best times you'll ever be tired and worn out is when you do something for the Lord. You know you've done right. Look at verse 4. Jesus says this. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And I want to tell you tonight there's a harvest coming. Uh, there's work to be done and there is a time when there will be no more work done. You won't be able to do anything for the Lord ever again like you can now. I'll tell you, if you know of anything that you want to do for Jesus, you better get busy with it. I don't know what's coming, but I know our world is changing. And I, I, I texted a couple of my pastor friends that uh, I've known for 30, 40 years or 30. And I said, aren't you, aren't you glad we, we, we serve the Lord uh, years and years and years and years and and we we, we did the best we could and uh, I just feel like there's money in the bank you know what I mean I feel spiritually that there's there's something that we all have done with our lives down through the years that's going to be uh, rewarded and if we hadn't have served the Lord uh, you know church work right now is not like it was anymore I, we've got to get through this COVID thing we can't have church like we did it's different now. There's churches all over America that just can't function like they used to. They're, the people are intimidated. The people are scared, but the pastors are trying to follow the law. They're trying to follow God's law, man's law. They're conflicted in between. They're trying to do a good job with both. It's very difficult out there. I, I tell you, it's very difficult sometimes when you, when you know what God wants and then you know what man wants. It's hard to, it's hard to marry them both. It really is. 
Uh, remember um, uh, Moses' uh, parents? Remember Moses' parents? You know, they, they, didn't, they, they didn't care about the king's commandment. They, aren't you glad they saved Moses? <laughs> so there is, there is a time when you, you better do what God wants, and there is a time when you just better do what, what man wants. And it's just hard sometimes to, to, to juggle both of them. Jesus had that problem too. He had, he had to obey uh, man as so far as he could. But he said, I must work the works of him, the Father, that sent me. God the Father sent his Son. But he noticed this statement, while it is day, while we have the opportunity, we need to serve the Lord. And serving the Lord is work. It takes, it takes effort. It takes hard effort. Uh, listen, um, I know that going to church is, is in some people's minds not, not much of a work, but it is to God. You get up and you come and you be faithful and that's, that's work. It takes work. You've got to plan. You just can't accidentally come to church, right? I mean, some people do. They wander in. Praise God for the accidental church members, you know. <laughs> hey, good to see you. How'd you get here? I don't know, uh, but I'll take those any day. Amen. But you have to work to get to, get to be faithful. You have to, you have to do things on purpose. And I think it's wonderful Jesus said that he had to work the works of him that sent him while it is day. He said, the night cometh when no man can work. And I believe that at some point in time, we're not going to be able to do everything we want to do. I, I, the things are closing in on some people. Uh, there's new regulations. We don't know who's going to be president. I think I do, but... Uh, that's only because I have faith, amen. Uh, but and I believe, hallelujah. But uh, what what if what if we don't know? What you, we just never know until the day they uh, swear in the next president. And that's not the that's not the answer to everything either, is it? I mean, what you know, it's just not the answer. The answer is not man. The an, and by the way, man can't even regulate himself. He needs help from God. Boy, don't we have a don't we have the setup to regulate man, don't we? We've got the Senate, we've got the Congress, we've got the Supreme Court, we've got the executive branch, we have the Department of Justice, we have the Department of State, we have the interior, and it's just not going as well as it should. We just don't know how to run ourselves without God. Our work, though, for Him is, un is not unrewarded, our, our work. Now, Jesus was a worker. He, he worked hard. I don't want you to think. Can I, can I just give you a new, you probably already have this, but can I give you an idea of really what Jesus was like? Now, don't get offended at me. I'm just going to have fun tonight. He was not effeminate. The pictures of all these beautiful art, artist portrayals of Jesus on canvas, most of them were homosexual that tried to paint him anyway they never paint him with sweat and, and with a with, with, with an axe in his hand I think of Jesus more like uh, uh, President Lincoln than I do of these pictures in the Roman Catholic Church of him I don't think he was a, a long-haired effeminate uh, delicate individual with a sad look on his face you know going like this or whatever I'm sorry that's not Jesus to me and uh, there'd be a lot of people who'd be really offended at me. I don't care one bit. Jesus was not an effeminate, uh, lazy individual. He was a hard-working Jewish man that loved God. And he, would, and, he, and, and he could have never gotten all those men 
to follow him if he wasn't a strong man himself. Look at the people that followed him. Throngs. Now, some of them did because they saw the miracles, but, you know, the, there, were, there were the apostles there that they, they, they didn't follow him just because they, fed, they were fed by him. They followed him because of his words. They came, even the centurions came and said, never man spake like this man. Boy, they, they loved him. They, they knew him and they respected him because he was a hard worker. They, they knew that he was uh, someone worthy of following. Jesus is worthy of our, our work. Amen? If you want to work for the Lord, you pick the right person to work for. I used to cry and bawl like a baby inside the, the, uh, the boat locker, they called it, at the shipyard. I had graduated from college. I didn't have a, a full-time job in the church. I was just craving to do that. And it, it just wasn't working out. The finances weren't there. I didn't care. I went down to the shipyard. I got a job at the shipyard. Man, I never worked so hard in all my life. I used to come home, and I used to pick up Julie downtown uh, San Diego, and it was really embarrassing for her because sometimes I forgot to take my helmet off, and I forgot to wash my face, and here's this scruff ball in the beat-up old car parked out in front of this beautiful office building and sometimes I'd fall asleep with my head back on the seat and my mouth hanging open, and she'd come out with her girlfriends. I'm like, oh, man. And I'd be in the car like, you know. Uh, I've worked hard, man. Sorry about that, hon. I apologize. That was nasty. Uh, at least I could have done this, you know, pick you up in the back. But, uh. <laughs> but. You know, it just there's nothing better than hard work, and I think I think we ought to go for it. Hey, in fact, uh, Jason, you know he he's uh, working in the accounting field, but you know he's doing right before he got that job, he was crawling under houses as a plumber, and he came home after a few few days of that, and he said, "Dad, I really like this stuff because it was hard work, and I think we're built for that." You know, there's nothing wrong with it. And Jesus was a hard-working man. Now, there's different types of work. Let's see first. I'm going to give you four categories tonight. Number one, you and I, we have a, uh, a, a, a spiritual work to accomplish. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. I want you to know that it's work to pray. It's hard work sometimes. It, it will put you to sleep when you know you're not supposed to be sleeping. And you'll, you'll, be, uh, you'll be a scatterbrain. Sometimes I have to have a, a pad of paper next to me if I get down to pray. I, I have my mind goes everywhere. I'll pop up off my knees and just start thinking about something else. And I was like, wait a minute, I came here to pray. I could get back down here and pray. Stop worrying about all these problems. I get real scatterbrainy sometimes when I'm praying. And it's natural, but you have to fight against that. Why? It's work to pray. It's, uh, you know, the Bible says that um, uh, much studying is weariness to the flesh. Uh, and it's true, isn't it? So if you're studying your Bible, you'll get wore out. It's a, it's a different kind of spiritual work, isn't it? You get tired. If you read, how many of you have tried to read the whole New Testament without stopping? You probably didn't make it. Why? Because it's hard. It's the best book in the world, but it's so deep, it's so rich. You can't, just can't just eat the whole thing. But it takes work. We have a spiritual work to do. First Thessalonians chapter 1, 
And it says now, verses 1 through 3, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you <clears throat> in our prayers, remembering <clears throat> without ceasing, uh-oh, without ceasing, that man prayed more than any of us, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Notice that. It's a spiritual work, work of faith. It takes work to be a spiritual person. It is difficult sometimes, but you can exercise working and in faith. In other words, you can get to the point where just in any other kind of work, the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more you accomplish, the more consistent you are at something, your muscles begin to work. Uh, like pretty soon, uh, the, the shovel doesn't bother me anymore because there's so many miles put on it, you learn how to use it without tearing up your hands. And it's just hard work. But it's the same thing spiritually. You notice Jesus was a very spiritual worker. He worked and he prayed without ceasing. And then Paul tells us, he remembered the Thessalonians, they, their work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father. So when you work spiritually, it's noticed by God. It's, God pays attention to your spiritual work. So uh, I must say, when you get down to pray, uh, you, you're working at it. Don't get, don't get too hard on yourself. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Just, just get to the practice of it and keep going and do it again. Same thing with soul winning. If, if you never tell anybody about the Lord, what's going to happen is you, you won't remember things. But the more you get at it, the more you tell people about the Lord, the, the better you get at it. Your mind stays fresh. It's a spiritual work. So, number one, we have a spiritual work to accomplish. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man will work, no man can work. There will be a day when you and I can't serve God like we do anymore. I don't know how you feel, but I feel very, very wonderfully blessed that this work is precious to me. And I know that it doesn't look like it on the outside we're accomplishing much. But as you look at, uh, by the way, when we have our 25th anniversary, we're going to show you all that God has done with our church from day one. We've got pictures and videos. and I mean, it's just, it's amazing that out of this little, uh, well, it's like one day at the golf course when I was a teenager, I saw this beat up old tree. And it had been cut and smashed and bumped into with all the yard work machines and all the, all the grass cutting uh, machines, all the lawn mowers down through the ages. And there was one branch coming up out of this stump, and it was just almost, it looked like it wasn't long for the world. It was about maybe six, seven feet high, but it had the best fruit on it, you wouldn't believe. And I filled my golf bag up with all these apples off that because it, it was just great. And I was thinking, you know, it, uh, some, some of those trees like that have the best fruit on them. Some, some churches like ours have the best fruit, you know. Jesus came to the trees and nothing but leaves. Oh, look at that great big tree. Well, where's the fruit? I want some fruit. The work and labor that you and I uh, give to the Lord produces fruit. 
families and people and uh, people that love the Lord. So our spiritual work is hard, but we must accomplish it. Jesus did too. Now look at Ecclesiastes chapter number 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 tells us a little bit about our, what I would call our vocational work. That's what you do to earn a paycheck. Now, if you think that your spiritual work isn't uh, as important as your vocational work, you've got your priorities mixed up. But let me say something now. Watch this now. If you think that your spiritual work has a, a much higher priority than your vocational work, I would say you've got to be careful with that because your, your, your vocational work is very important to God. Did you hear me? Very important. What he has you do for a living is very important. How much time do you spend uh, at your vocation compared to the spiritual work? You can't pray all day long, but sometimes you've got to work all day long. You, 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 everybody understand your vocation is very important to God? I want, you, I want you to think of the elevated importance of what you did for a living or what you do for a living. Your, your vocation, and by the way, uh, for, for those who retire, they, they can tell you stories. Listen, they have put in the time and effort, and I think they earned it. Amen? Uh, some people earn it. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, Bill Gates earned much, you know, at, at 35. Uh, retiring at 35, are you kidding me? Man, you're just getting started at 35. Anyway, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just picking on him. But anyway... Look at Ecclesiastes chapter number 9, and we have this vocation. By, by the way, God will give you a skill, and you ought to use it. That's how you get your groceries. My goodness, that's, that, that's important to your kids. I remember my dad, he was a construction inspector for the city of Renton, and he used to get up every single day and check the weather report. He was so concerned about the weather, was going to rain. He was in charge of all the paving of all these different roads and the sewer pipes going down in the middle of the streets and the storm drains. And boy, there's some beautiful streets to this day. When I go to Renton, I like to drive on the streets that my dad made. I'm telling you, I'm so proud. Uh, there's one called Union and Redmond, and he did some streets. They're still beautiful to this day. And that was in the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, that's my dad, man. My dad did that. And uh, they're all curved, real beautiful, and the sidewalks are perfect. And I know man, he used to come home so tired, but I learned something from him. Your vocational job, the job that you do for your groceries is so important. I don't care if you pour coffee for a living. Amen? I don't care if you sweep. I, I clean toilets and sweat for a living. Nothing wrong with that. Because that's God's will for my life at the time that I was doing that. Uh, I, I, man, I was good with a broom. You couldn't beat me with a broom. <laughs> Look at this, Ecclesiastes 9. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say tonight. God really cares about your vocation. And he'll give you a skill and he'll make you good at what you do. Verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work or device nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. He's talking about the flesh. If you've got a skill, praise God. 
If you know how to do something, praise the Lord. You can, you're, you're, you're buying your groceries because you're good at what you do. And if you're not quite good at it, you just keep going and your boss will recognize it and he'll, he'll give you a raise. He'll, he'll give you an elevated uh, promotion of some kind. My goodness, look what God did. Uh, you know, what's the first thing that God told Adam after he sinned? He says, because thou hast done this, by the sweat of thy face, you'll till the ground all the days of your life. That's not necessarily just a curse. It's just, it's what we have to do. It's just the way things are now. But that's actually a blessing. You know, the farmers, oh, I, I just love seeing farmers out. You know, they get done. Uh, it's, just, it's just amazing. I, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, you know, there's a preacher friend of mine. He's in his 80s now. He's in Texas, Leander, Texas. His name is Bill Wamscons, uh, Brother Bill. He had uh, his dad pastored Westside Baptist Church in um, uh, Bremerton. Bremerton and had a lot of people coming from the military when, when the height of the Reagan years were going. Had, his church was just thundering with uh, all kinds of Navy and, and Marine and military. He had a great church. Just fantastic. His dad passed away. He took the church. And then uh, it, it, they, 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 they cleared the property. They cut down the trees. They took the lumber from the trees and they built an auditorium. And the whole church is built with the trees off the property. And uh, I'll never forget, Brother Bill Wamscons grew up in Kansas in wheat country. And he said, you don't sleep in harvest. He said, you, 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 the only thing you get away with is dying. But if you're not dead, you work on the harvest. Everybody, kids, mom, everybody. Because the harvest is a one time of the year. Everybody gets ready for the harvest. And he was a wheat farmer. And boy, he worked hard. I mean, the dust and the sweat and, and getting the harvest in was the most important thing to him and his dad and all of his relatives. And to this day, he's got so many sweet illustrations about working in the wheat fields of Kansas. My goodness. He said it was so important. You didn't sleep. You ate on the run because the whole entire thing was getting that harvest in. And he likened that to church work. Wouldn't that be great if we all were fired up about working for God? I used to cry and moan and, uh, in the boathouse there. I said, Lord, I just want to serve you. Uh, I don't want to weld the rest of my life. I don't want to weld. He said, just be patient. Just be patient. I've got you right here now. I want you to work on this, uh, these boats out here, and I want you to, I want you to just, just be, have a good testimony. It, it'll come when, I, when I'm ready. Uh, so uh, it didn't work, and uh, later on I was, <laughs> I was working um, at odd jobs, uh, throwing sacks of cement, delivering tile. Uh, I, I worked at a little, uh, I was a slave for a few, a few months at a weld shop. The guy, he really, he treated me like a slave. He really did. And I got paid for being a slave. But I was a slave. I mean, I was a dirt dog slave. And uh, I was the lowest man at the shop. I did everything that nobody wanted to do. So work, work should not scare us. We, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it just make you stronger. Right? Right? Amen. We have a spiritual work to do, but we have a, we have a vocation to do. We have a vocation and we have, we have skills, a set that God has given us. 
And that work is not to be diminished. It's not to be uh, disregarded. God's very serious about that. He loves those, uh, those skillful workers in the temple. When Solomon built the temple, he collected all those skillful people that knew how to do curious works of art. There were people that knew how to foundry uh, and, 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 and boil up and, and melt metal. There's people that knew how to work with gold. There are people that could uh, th uh, thread gold into threads and then actually sew gold thread. How would you like to know how to do that? Gold thread in, in the tabernacle curtain. Uh, there's all, God respects all that kind of work. He, he's, he's very wonderful in the way he gives you skill. Uh, you, you might sew. You might, you might build stuff. You, whatever you do, whatever it's over thy hand, find it to do, do it with thy might because pretty soon you're not going to have any way to do it in the grave and your work will be done. Number three, there's a, a physical work that we, that we do, not just vocationally, but sometimes just plain hard physical work. Now, my vocation as a Christian is not to set up chairs. But I'm not scared of doing it. Amen? I'll do it anytime. I'll, I know how to set up chairs faster than anybody in this church. And I'm not bragging, I'm just telling the truth. I can set up tables and chairs. I know how to do I've been doing it all my Christian life. I wish I had a nickel for every church table I carried and set up. Along with my family, along with my wife. I think she got me beat, though. She might have me beat. But, hey, we, listen, how'd you like a nickel for every, every diaper you've ever changed in church? Woo! We'd be going to Hawaii. It's, it's, it's hard work that God respects. And I want you to see something. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of times, oh my goodness, getting home late uh, in the down through the years. Let's go now. Think about this physical work. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 58. Now, you're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to get tired. Your feet are going to get sore. Your legs are going to get sore. Your back will go out sometimes. You're going to have headaches and neck aches and back aches. You're going to be sore. It, it, no matter what, your human body, your physical body, you, you're just not made of steel. Amen? You might be aching right now. I might be the pain in your neck right now. Uh, but look at, look at verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When we built this church building, uh, we didn't build the outside of it, but we've done a lot inside. My goodness. I thought I was going to fall over and die. When we, we had two months to get this place ready. Hardest I've ever worked in my life. No matter where, the shipyard or any place. No matter, my dad uh, back building the fence or building the rockery or putting the, the, the lawn in or cutting timber or just, wait a minute, I want to rethink this. I'm getting tired thinking about it. But when we built this building and remodeled it, my goodness, everybody joined in. And uh, I remember one time, see this ceiling right here, this used to have popcorn on top of it. That is so nasty. I mean, if you have it in your house, it's probably better, but this was, this, was, this was drooping, right? 
And uh, some guy said, yeah, you're going to have to scrape all this popcorn off here. Back then we had a wall right about where Brother Carlson's sitting, and this was just a, a dog kennel in here and, a, and a, 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 what do you call it, a clinic. So uh, from, from there all the way back, this used to be just an open area. used to have game nights in here and stuff. And so, oh, man, one guy told me, you have to scrape all that popcorn off there. And I said, okay, well, I tried it. It was like, it was like concrete. I didn't know that all you had to do was spray it with water, and it would practically fall off. I didn't know that. I scraped the whole thing by hand as it was dry. I was so sore by the end of the day. I said, God, why are you having me do this? And basically the answer was because you didn't know that water would do it. <laughs> but I don't understand why God, he could have sent somebody by and said, hey, dummy, all you got to do is spray water. But no, no, the devil probably kept him outside. I'm sure he must have sent a messenger by. But there's been some work that you thought was in vain, right? You thought you did some things that didn't matter, but that's not true. You can work and work and work and work for the Lord, even though you might be ignorant of something, you can do it better, but you still did the work. He knows you did it for Him, and you're going to be rewarded. It's not empty. It's not in vain. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your physical... But listen, we need to remember this. I don't think anybody in church ought to ever be... Uh, intimidated with hard work. And boy, there's something, something wonderful about it. Brother Fisher came to me one time and he said, would you, would you be interested in, in plugging a leak in the roof of our church? I said, sure. I went up there, plugged it, and uh, it, it spread to a different spot. And so I tried to, to get that taken care of, spread to another spot. And he said, well, maybe we need to cover it more. I, I put a big covering over this one section. And then he said, well, you know, if we're going to do that, why don't we just put a new roof on the whole church? He said, do you think you could do that? And I said, yeah, no problem. I'd never done that in my life. I tell you, it was the most, just the sweetest thing because he didn't know I didn't know how to do it. And I knew how to get the information. I knew basics how to do it, but I'd, I'd never done it before. So it, it turns out that it worked. It was 70 feet long from the peak to the, to the uh, drip. It was 25 feet or 28 feet. So it had the peak going to 28 feet this way, 28 feet that way, 70 feet long. And I had the whole project to myself. And the teenagers came around. They said, you need any help? Yeah, come on up, you know. And we started uh, putting people to work. Guys, guys would come up and they didn't have to work that day. They, you need any help? I said, sure. My wife, would you please come down and eat? No, no. I, oh, I couldn't get off that roof. And I, it was just because God gave me something to do. You understand? It was for the Lord. So a couple years ago, I we went down to San Diego where our old church was. And I went inside and there was a great big congregation there, a uh, prayer meeting. And it was, it's a black church now. And all these guys are in there and the guy's standing up and I came to the back door. I said, hi. And they said, yeah, what's happening? Come on in. Just the nicest guys you ever want to meet. And I said, well, I'm, I'm just reminiscing. I said, this used to be my old church. I got baptized right there. And I put the roof on this church. I just went, they said, come on in here, man. 
And then I got to speak to the crowd of the guys that were having a prayer meeting. And we all just rejoiced and hugged and had prayer. And, and I went my way. But it was just good. You know, God, God will reward you for the physical work that you do. And don't, don't ever let anybody take that away from you. Look at verse 58. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know. Your labor, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I, I'm hanging my hat on that. There's been some things I did. What we, oh my goodness. We, we built a great big huge uh, roof um, connecting a bunch of carports one time. And the fire marshal, the brand new fire marshal came by to do an inspection. I wasn't in charge of the whole thing. But she came in with her clipboard, this tiny little sawed-off little thing of a girl with all the power of the President of the United States. She looked like a little general. And she looked up and she looked at her, her plans and she said, what's all this? And uh, we said, yeah, that's, a, that's an overhang because we have children coming in out of the hot sun and that's our, that's our junior church area. She said, it's not on the plan here. Well, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we put it up there. Oh, that's got to come down. And she said, you have to have a permit for that and you have to have a plan for it and all that, which, which was right. We just got excited and took care of the kids. They come first. Anyway, uh, Anyway, so, yeah, I was heartbroken. I thought, all that work? <laughs> I told Pastor Fisher, can we get somebody else to tear that down? I just put it up. I don't want to tear it apart. He said, no problem. We'll get the teenagers to do it. So they ripped that whole thing out. I was heartbroken. Oh, I worked so hard. But that verse tells me it wasn't in vain. Amen. Are you with me? You can, you can do things that to other people don't mean anything. She didn't know that was for the Lord. She thought it was for the city. She didn't know it was for Jesus. My Bible says that when we labored hard, that's for the Lord. Of course, you know, we could have done it a little differently, but it was for the Lord. Don't ever think that if you get, if you get worn out physically for the Lord, that he doesn't take notice of that. And lastly, let's look at this ministerial work. Look at Hebrews chapter number 6. So, remember now, we have a spiritual work to accomplish. We have a vocational work that you have your job. We all have what God has called us to be and to do. When you get up tomorrow, you're going to be doing something. That's your vocational work. What you do physically for the Lord is very important to Him. But this is also true, what you do at church, the ministry, and not just church ministry, but there's other ministries too that are very important. You might have your own personal ministry that you like to do, uh, and I think you ought to uh, have something to where that's never working against the church, right? Right. So uh, you, you can have all kinds of... I know some people that give a little money to a special cause here and there. Just make sure it's biblical, okay? Make sure it's scriptural and biblical. Make sure that what you do for the Lord is for Him and it follows scripture. But I do say that we have a ministry that we try to accomplish. Verse number 10 says this of chapter 6 in Hebrews. 
and says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. In other words, what you do for Christians the saints, saved people, if you have saved people that you're the only one that knows them or maybe, maybe you run into saved people, maybe in your, in your travels you run into saved people, there's a ministry there. You can actually encourage somebody, have prayer with them or maybe, maybe expend some finances for somebody that nobody else knows about. You know, we have, we have, we have a lot of people that don't even go to church that maybe used to go. In fact, one, one, one of our work right here is for Hope Montez and, and Larry. They're, they're, they're so sweet. I, I'm a very loyal person. If somebody's been uh, treated us, uh, if they've been members and, and, and they're just, they just need our help, I, 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 I can't say no to anybody. I, I can't say no to them. I don't care how long it takes. I, I, my, I'm painting my neighbor's house. But if, if, you, knew, if you knew how, how physically... A challenge they are she she's uh she's got some uh problems physically he's got a lot of problems physically he can't do anything i was so glad to help him and it's just a ministry you understand everybody everybody and it's for the lord but it's really to the saints you want to really really do something great for god do something great for a christian right now, if, if, if God wants you to have a prayer answered, how's he going to do it? Through other people. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. In other words, if you need something, God's going to use a Christian to supply that. I've never yet had any money on a tree. Have it, do you have a money tree at your house? I've never had, I've never had a money tree hanging down where you just go pick, unless there's a graduation at church here, there, we have money trees for graduation. That, it doesn't happen out of, the, out of the blue sky. People bless people. God uses Christians to bless other Christians. It's a ministry. That's what church is all about. Now, salvation is not a work. I want to express that. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. You know this verse really well. But there's nothing better than rep repetition to, uh, to anchor down a thought. And as a Christian, I challenge you to memorize this. Ephesians 2, 8. But we always stop at verse 9. I'm going to go all the way to verse 10. I want, you to, see, I want you to show you the difference. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Uh, now, it's, it says here. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of what? Not of works. So otherwise it wouldn't be a gift. So not of works, lest any man should boast. For, here's the verse, we are his what? Workmanship. God's going to accomplish things. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto uh, what? Good works. See that? So it's got nothing to do with salvation, does it? He said right plainly, it's not of works that you get saved, but now he created you for good works. 
So once you, once you let him do the first work, and that's all accomplished and you're saved, now you get to work for him. Now we get to do things for God. And it's not in vain, and it's powerful, and he loves to reward us, and every man according to his own work, his own labor, everything else apart from the cross of Jesus Christ uh, is just, um, I'm sorry, but it's just hard, long, dedicated work. It really is. We, we ought to be the best workers down where we work. We're created for good works. Our, uh, our works have to glorify God, though. Remember that. Remember now. Um, the, the mighty works that Jesus did, they were mighty works. I, I, I think people forget how hard he worked. The mighty works of God, the mighty works of the Lord Jesus. He tirelessly labored in such a way that for three years after he got baptized, he labored day and night to get things done. And boy, I'm glad he did the final work that, would, that I can't do. You and I, we can't do that kind of work. You can't please the Father and sacrifice your soul for the sins of the whole world. You can't even really do that and have your own soul forgiven. Did you know your soul is not the sacrifice that would, that would please God? You can't offer your soul and die and then be resurrected and go to heaven to forgive yourself of your sin. In other words, you can't cleanse. You're, you can't undo the sin that you and I have committed. So even if somebody did die and sacrifice their life for the for their cause of Christ, if they didn't believe in Jesus Christ and they were doing it just to say, I've, I've, I've led a miserable life. It's my time to pay for all of my sins. Sorry, that payment can't be made. It can't be given. You can't make that payment. And that's sad. But Jesus did do that. What a work. What a mighty work that Jesus did for us. So uh, apparently, he's given us this opportunity now before he comes back uh, the night will come and no man will work. You know we're not going to be working in heaven. By the sweat of thy face all the days of thy life until you die and go to heaven. Aren't you glad? No more labor, no more work, no more pain, agony, sorrow, heat, no more sin, no more crying, no more tears, no more sweating, no more labor, no more pains, no more headaches, no more disease, none of that. And if we're going to burn out for Jesus, we might have burned out brightly. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer. God bless, God bless my dad. God bless my dear mom. God bless my bosses. God bless my superiors over me. God bless everybody that told me to get up, get going. God bless anybody that made me do chores. God bless anybody that made me sweat and labor. God bless anybody that ever made me work. What a blessing. Let's stand. Let's thank God he's given us something to do for him.